Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Um, here we are. Good morning. In, uh, uh, continuing our discussion of, um, uh, you know, prayer, but fundamentally we've had a kind of a interesting question come up uh, about right. uh, is the God of the New Testament, particularly as represented by Christ, different from the God of the Old Testament? And mm-hmm. it seems like it's all about love in the New Testament and it's about judgment in the Old Testament. Um, right. And interesting enough, and usually when I when I have people say about that, <laughs> is I'll ask them a really interesting question. Um, how much of the Old Testament have you read? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, not much. Um, I just know some stories of the Old Testament or what or what other Christians have said. I said, well, right away, that's kind of the issue. Is that Mm. Um, you got to really get into the depth of, of both old, old and New Testament, and, and and that's where you talk about the whole council of scripture the being council, so important. The whole council of scripture is important, and the Old Testament still valid. Christ said, "I've you know I haven't come to abolish it; I've come to fulfill it." Uh, Paul says all scripture is inspired, and even when he was writing that, um, fundamentally he's thinking Old Testament fundamentally because mm-hmm. uh, that's what he had and the New Testament right. were, were the letters that became canon uh, that, that they were understanding they were writing but um, he said all all of this is inspired by God so it, it all fits together and interesting enough part of the uh, and this is in the 3rd and 4th century when they were trying to uh, set what's called the canon or the Old and New Testament as scripture mm-hmm. um, they they used one of the things they used was, does it hold up together? Mm-hmm. Um, and they used that to evaluate the New Testament books and then the Old Testament mm-hmm. canon that they had. And and when it didn't hold up, they rejected it as, well, it's nice, interesting information, but it wasn't inspired because God's, right. God's answers are whole and they're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Right. So we can trust it. So um, Old New Testament... Uh, is true and so I what I do is invite people to say well would you be willing to let the spirit lead you into both places to to show you truth and don't don't think of Old Testament as less truth than New Testament Uh, right it's it's all truth and it holds up together now we know certain things Uh, so for example um, we know that Leviticus for example has a lot of law about food mm-hmm. well does that mean it doesn't exist anymore well no um, it's valid but it's been um, reinforced with, with new understanding so that and we know that in Acts uh, Peter uh, who was right. following that what's called kosher law had a vision that God gave God him God said well um, I'm trying to show you something 
mm-hmm. that yes, it was true, but there's an even a, a, a now deeper truth about it, and that is that mm-hmm. because I've created it, it's available for everybody. And there's interesting enough, there's a practical reason about it, and that is that the reason that I prevented it before was your ability to to cook it. And I know something about bacteria that you don't know. Is mm-hmm. that if you don't cook things properly, it's going to harm you and I want to keep you whole. Right. So I kept you from doing certain things because your cooking method wasn't available until now. Now you can cook it fine so it's all available to you. It always was available to you. It's just that there were certain restrictions to it that I actually prevented in order for you to have wholeness. Um, but it's it's all true. you know. And so now... We interpreted everything in light of that because there is new information, there is new revelation, but it doesn't abolish it. It's it's being fulfilled. So, mm-hmm. last time we talked about uh, as a believer, we're in the under the same uh, situation of choosing life or death, blessing or cursing. The first choice is to go from being an unbeliever to a believer. Right. Um, if I if I never become a believer, I don't qualify for any of these blessings mm-hmm. in the abundant life at all, and I will live eternally separated. Why? Because of justice. Right. Um, it can't be altered. Now I've taken care of the problem, so now you have the opportunity to live the the abundant life and to have you know alternate relationship with me. And then Paul says in Romans eight or seven and eight, well. Um, when I try to do that on my own, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fail. Uh, is there anything that can actually overcome that as a believer? The answer is yes. Right. It's the Holy Spirit. And we read last time, uh, 12 and 2 of the 14. Don't be obligated to live in the flesh, the natural, mm-hmm. but rather be led by the Holy Spirit who's within you. And his job is to lead you, which is what talk to you, guide you and in, into my will. Uh, right. And you have to have a heart to do that. Um, and so he said, then um, there is a consequence if you don't choose life. Okay, read mm-hmm. Romans 8, 5 to 8. He said, here's the consequence for we believers. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 5 through 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you who are not, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. That's fine. And if Christ, that's good, keep going. So uh, okay. Uh, he says, now remember, he's talking to believers. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you've been born again. The life of the spirit is within you. But if you stay in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, and, and this is what, what we're trying to understand is, as a believer, what does that mean that I've gone back to the flesh? What does that mean? Where you're, where you're really surrendering only to self. You're, yeah. you're being driven by your own desires, your own thoughts. You're not surrendering to God and asking him and following him. Right. So I've decided my own will. Mm-hmm. That's the flesh. That's the natural. Um, he said that's how it works. And that 
um, you've gone back um, as if, in a sense, mm-hmm. you're a practical atheist living on your own. Interesting enough, and and, and actually Paul uh, talks about this in Romans six, mm-hmm. reinforcing what what Christ told told Peter when he said, "I'll never let you die." even though you've said you're going to die and be resurrected, I'll never let that happen to you. And he says, get behind me, Satan, because you're now under the control of Satan, and you just went from being super spiritual to revelation Mm -hmm. that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, to get behind me, Satan, because you have the things of men involved, not not God, which means what, uh, Peter? You just walked away from me with your thought of what you think is a good idea, but you didn't ask me. You right. didn't check in. And I made a statement. I'm going to die and be resurrected. And instead of you saying, could you help me understand that? You mm-hmm. said, I've decided I'm never going to let that happen. He said, well, now you've gone back to the flesh and you're actually under the influence of the, of the enemy. He said, so in Romans 8, when you do that, even under the best of intention. Right. He said, you put to death the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you've gone back to what Adam and Eve did, which you've lost the essence of life because you put it to death. You, in essence, make it of no value. You're at enmity against me, God speaking. And, and if you're at enmity against me, what? In a, think about the simplicity of this. God says, I'm here to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Right. If you're at enmity against me, what? what I can't give it to you. Right. Why? Well, because you walked away. Uh, mm-hmm. You went back out of the kingdom into the flesh, into the natural, and you're going to be subject to the problems of the world. And I can't come and, and resolve it for you uh, because I can't give it to you. You're at enmity against me and you've disqualified yourself from being, being me being able to give it and you cannot please me because of it. How? As a believer, why? Because you chose, uh, you chose to walk away. Now, now think about this. At the base of all this, what's the reason? Justice. Right. I can't change it. I can't do it anyway. I can't say, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, um, Have I forgiven you? Yes. But are you reconciled with the life of that? No. Why? You walked away from me. So so Mm -hmm. the same thing that was true of the Old Testament is true today uh, of the New Testament. As you're talking about that, I just keep um, these verses keep resonating in my in my mind from Romans six. Actually, it right. says, "Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. For if we have been united, that's a key word I want to come back to. If we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. And that united word, you know, in verse 5, for if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. That word for united recently I was digging into just to look at it, and it actually translates like if you picture congenital twins. Yeah. Con, like connected yeah, congenital connected, twins and together. you picture picture together we yeah. are united with jesus in that in that death and res and raised to walk literally in the newness of life but we have to be with him 
conjoined with him in order to be walking in his kingdom, walking in the newness of life, fully freed from sin. We need to be congenitally joined with him. Right, right. And he said... Really graphic picture yeah. to me. And remember, you know? he says the only way that that occurs and the privilege of that occurring is just come with me and choose yes. to be with me. That's it. Um, and that's a beautiful, intimate invitation. Yeah. And I will deliver to you the abundant life. And if not, you bet go back under judgment and mm-hmm. you can't receive it, not because I don't want to. It's because you've disqualified yourself because you chose to walk away. You've stepped away, yeah. Um, and that's why it explains, by the way, and, and of course we, we, we tend to look at wholesale judgment, which I, I believe occurs, but it's personal where you've walked back unto the difficulty of the world without resolution. Mm-hmm. And of course we're blaming God because we said, hey, I thought the New Testament said you're in, in complete control and I'm, I'm a qualifier of that. He says, no, not unless you choose life still. By right. what? Choosing to be with me. Okay, now he says this a very clear way. Go to Galatians 5, 1 to 4. He, he says, I want you to make sure you understand something. And, and it actually describes it. Galatians sure. uh, 5, 1 to 4. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Yeah, for we just say that. So um, he says, now remember, uh, life with God is freedom and Mm -hmm. receiving the covenant. Um, Yes. He said, if you go back under law, and law is, I decide what I think is necessary. Even mm-hmm. even Paul Peter saying, "Well, I think it's necessary for me to protect you." Right. He said, "Well, that's not my will, and you don't even know what you're talking about." But mm-hmm. when you do that, and 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 you decide, I need to, I should, I'm going to, everybody else should as well. Then he said, "What happens is two things. Whenever you do that, you've set up your own little new rule." Mm-hmm. Even even under, remember, circumcision was the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, wait a minute. I thought you just said the Old Testament was valid. It is. Um, what was what was this? What was the circumcision? It was what? What what was it? A sign of what? A sign of the covenant. Of the covenant. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing, and I want you mm-hmm. to mark yourself with it. Okay, so uh, well, then therefore everybody should be circumcised. Uh, now, by the way, the Jews who were saying that and, and Messianic Jew today actually knows more than a typical evangelical. And that is, well, if I've received Christ, I've stepped into the covenant. Yes. Right. He promised us the superabundant life. And so isn't that so? Yes. Well, then, therefore, since the Old Testament says to circumcise everybody, shouldn't I require everybody mm-hmm. to be circumcised and God says uh, you've missed something right um, yes you're to be marked yes it's a sign of the covenant now interesting enough and this is cool because remember who's writing this is Paul right um, he asked this question um, 
isn't this a step into the covenant? Yes. Shouldn't we circumcise everybody? No. What does it mean then? He said it's it's being marked with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he writes about this and, and go ahead and go there so we'll help to illustrate this. Go to Colossians chapter uh, 2 and read verses 11 through 15 which describes when he asked the question well shouldn't we be circumcised? Mm-hmm. And, and God says yes but not but <laughs> not as a law, mm-hmm. as a marking. And what's the marking? Okay, read it. And he, he tells us what it is. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers and have made a pub- he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Yeah. So he says, um, yeah, I asked that question and God gave me the answer. He said, mm-hmm. um, there's a fullness now. Remember, I haven't come to abolish it. Mm-hmm. I've come to fulfill it. Okay, how fulfill did you fulfill it? it? Right. Well, it's now me. The mark mm-hmm. is you putting to death the flesh, mm-hmm. being marked with the Holy Spirit, and you are circumcised with this new mark, which is a sign of the covenant. And I've made you alive from that place. How? Forgave all your sins at the cross. Mm-hmm. I took away the requirement to be perfect, which is the only way you can have a relationship with me. And I've triumphed over, over the enemy and, and I've, I've gave, gotten victory over it. So he says, um, I took the requirement away, but is the requirement gone? No, it's still there. Mm-hmm. You have to receive it by being what marked with, right. with my life by putting to death your, your flesh in living with me and that's the new circumcision of yep it's a sign of the covenant yep it still exists yes it's still valid it's just been fulfilled by me and now you understand it so he says now going back to Galatians he said if you require a law well then he said the result of that is you're obligated to do what to go to the, uh, you're under the whole law well, then, then. You're, then you, you go, gotta keep it all you go back and you put and, he, and that's why he says it in Colossians, I've removed that requirement. You just put it back on you. Mm. Um, that Well, then you're required to speak, keep the whole thing. And by the way, how well can you keep the whole law? You can't. You can't do it. He said, as a <laughs> result cannot. of that, because you set up a law, I know better. I'm not willing to follow what God has to say about it. I know better. He said, well, then you're obligated to keep it all. You've come back under judgment. He said, there's two consequences. Number one, you've severed your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Because I no longer can ha- can have any power in you because you've separated yourself from me. Right. Because you walked a ba- back away under the flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, as a result of that, you've fallen from what? From grace. Grace. The favor, the covenant, the life that I have available to you, you've mm-hmm. fallen from me being able to give it to you. So he right. said, the truth 
of the New Testament isn't any different. It's, are you going to be with me? I'll deliver to you the covenant. If you mm. choose not to be with me, I can't deliver to you the covenant. Right. Which is really exactly what he said in Deuteronomy too. Same thing. In, in Deuteronomy 30, yeah. He said the same thing. Um, so um, it's, it's still your choice. Um, as a believer, it should be easier because mm -hmm. all you have to do is come with me, stay in my kingdom, be surrendered to my will, and I'll give you the power to work through the issue of being obedient and mm. choosing me. And it doesn't even mean you have to be immediately obedient. You just have to stay with me until you are obedient. I'll right. give you the power to do it. Okay. Now he says a couple of cool things in Romans. Um, first of all, Romans 8, 1 and 2, what does he say? Let me get back to that. Um, therefore... There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Yeah. So that he says, uh, when you're with me, there is no condemnation from any source mm -hmm. so that you don't need to live in guilt by the fact that, and Paul says, I got a problem. I try and I mm -hmm. can't get there. And I, and I, it right. makes me feel awful. He says, yeah, I know. Uh, and but, we can relate to that. <laughs> but in me, today, if you come with me today, the good news, there's no condemnation. Let's go. Welcome mm -hmm. back into the place of, the, of life. And even if you've messed it up, I give you the freedom to come and enjoy it now. How about now? Because mm. there's no condemnation. Let's go. Okay. Then he says in Romans 8.28, which we know, what does he say? Um, he says, all and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. In my kingdom, uh, which is was true in the Old Testament, I will deliver to you all things make together, all, all things come together for good, your good, your abundant life, and I can do it because I'm powerful enough to do it. Same thing mm -hmm. Old Testament, same thing New Testament. I can make all things work together for good, but you're going to have to walk with me. Right. It's not a universal truth. For those that aren't even believers, they don't even qualify for it. Mm -hmm. If you're a believer, you qualify for it when? When you're walking with him, being led by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're at enmity against him and he can't do it. The same is true today as, as exactly. before. Okay, then he says in verse uh, 32 and 33, eight, what does he say? Hey, by the way, what? He says... He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Yeah, and that uh, God is for you, not against you. So that mm -hmm. he says, I'm always for you. I've always been for you. Old Testament, New Testament, my heart is to invite you to the good life. It's a choice you have to make. Judgment is still there. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, my life is available to you when how about now yeah. by what choosing to be with me and you don't have to experience the negative consequences of judgment you can have the positive experiences of the life of abundance and the only requirement is choose life choose right. to be with me it's the same yesterday as today okay now we know that and we can just give you know we can go into all this description um, of lots of experiences but let's just go to one that we all know uh, da uh, uh, David um, okay. we know something about David 
Uh, was he a man after God's own heart? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, did he have a heart to seek God's will? Yep. You can read this in Acts 13. Yeah. Uh, in Psalm 40. Uh, well, he kind of made a mistake. Um, and, <laughs> a few, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so the mistake that he made, which we all know, is he uh, stayed home when he should have been at war. He was mm-hmm. coasting. Because remember, he was abiding, had the power of the Holy Spirit, had the power of God. Right. Lots of demonstration of that. But he started to coast and stopped abiding. Mm-hmm. And the flesh takes over. And he's on his roof. And he sees Bathsheba naked on the mm-hmm. other roof and says, I want her. I'd like that. <laughs> and so go get her. So they go get her. Mm-hmm. He lays with her. Uh, so commits adultery. Okay, now, was that ordained by God? No. No. Uh, but he chose to go in the flesh, mm-hmm. and, he's, and, and, and then he has a baby. She's pregnant. Right. He says, uh-oh, um, that's not going to be good. So let's, let's have Uriah, Uriah, her husband, come. Hey, go lay with right. her right away. So, you know, they, they uh, maybe they'll figure out it. it'll be extra weeks, but... Yeah, it'll right. it'll be good. You know, it'll be fine, and we can ex- excuse it. I can't that do that. Didn't quite go as planned. Can't do that. Uh, my men are out at war. I can't. I can't do that. I got to go back to war. Okay. Um, okay. I uh, tell you what. Um, um, I tell you what. Um, when he goes to war, everybody step back, and let him stand out there alone. Let him get killed. So he murders him. Hmm. Okay. Pile sin upon sin upon sin. Adultery, murder. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's kind of bad. Um, and he was a man that, that had a heart for God, but he failed in that. And so mm-hmm. um, he thought he's covered it up okay. And Nathan, the prophet, comes to him and says, uh, what would you do mm. if this thing happened? And David immediately says, if that happened, I would have him killed because he deserves the wrath and the justice of that. Right. And Nathan says, you're the guy. And immediately Mm. he receives that is, uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I didn't cover this up well enough, did I? (laughs) Uh, Because God knows. He recognizes it with repentance. Okay, it's me. So, okay, I deserve, I deserve death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I admit that I deserve death because you know, mm-hmm. of justice. And God says, okay, because of forgiveness, um, if you repent, I can restore you back to wholeness. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened to David in the Old Testament is the nature of God. And right. that is that um, if you have a heart to repent, I can restore you back to the fullness of it of life not because of you you deserve my wrath you deserve my death and you would understand that more than anybody right but i can restore you back to wholeness if you have a heart to go and he says i i do i repent so he writes psalm 51 and this is after he's repented and he Mm -hmm. prays certain things so go ahead and read it it's a little bit long but that's okay psalm 51 have mercy upon me, O God, according to the, your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me know to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall flow forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and with whole burnt offering. Then the whole, then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Yeah. So he, um, having repented, he went back into dialogue, which is interesting because we're talking about prayer. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? He went back into dialogue with God. Right. And said, um, okay, you said that I can be restored. Mm-hmm. Um, I've repented as you've requested. And he said, now I'm asking you, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Right. Restore to me the abundant life. Restore to me the power of the Holy Spirit. And please don't remove that power that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I know I've disqualified myself. Could I... Could I have that back now that you've offered me, you know, forgiveness and life again and restore that to me? And he says, I understand something now. Um, He says, the Old Testament says this all requires offering, burnt Mm -hmm. offering, sacrifice offering, uh, atonement. He says, I understand something now. You actually, you set that up as a way for me to demonstrate it, but that's really not what you're talking about, is it? You're talking about my heart. Mm-hmm. It's really about my heart to follow you. And if I can, if I get through that, so it's not me even performing these sacrifices, which I'll do, but it's really more about my heart. Do I have a heart to return to you? If I do, you'll restore all this to me and, and have my life be grand again, because I understand now your nature is forgiveness. I understand right. your nature Beautiful. is gospel. How about now? Mm-hmm. Yep, I made a gigantic mistake. I deserve everything that you've laid out. I, I should be killed mm-hmm. and I should lose every joy that I've ever had. Could you give it back to me? And God says, yes. Why? Because you repented and mm. you and you came with me. And he said, so God, see, isn't any different. And this is what I've tried to show both sides of this. Is judgment right. is judgment uh, true in the New Testament? Yep. Um, but is there is there opportunity to overcome that in the Old Testament? Yes. 
Beautiful. Uh, it's both and. And mm -hmm. his nature hasn't changed. Now we know something that because of Christ's sacrifice, um, I now don't have to go through any sacrifice of animals. I don't have to go through um, even a long drawn out uh, something to do, even go to, to do the work myself. Right. He's done his it. sacrifice is enough once and for all. Yeah, he's done it for me. I just need to repent. Mm -hmm. And really, David said, yeah, you know what? I understand that now. Yeah. This is about good. heart. This is about my heart. And that's what you've been trying to show us all along. Mm. May we live that out and experience that because that's what you said in Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. I set before you life or death, blessing or cursing. Do you have a heart to follow me? If you do, I'll give you life. By the way, that's the same today as it is yesterday. So um, we've kind of you know, gave a summary. We'll, we'll pick this up and finalize it next time because we need to capstone this. But the answer is he's not any different. Um, right. Are there differences? Yes. Are they invalid? No. They're fulfilled. Mm. And the nature of God hasn't changed at all. And that's why the beauty of the Old Testament is still valid for us to learn from this and, and receive spiritual truth to live out the New Testament. And they don't, they're not separate. They're, they're together with the that's fullness, full, the fullness of what Christ has done, but his nature hasn't changed any. And that, and that's, mm -hmm. what's really cool to understand. So I love, I love how you have linked this with the old and the New Testament to just lay it out so beautifully for us to all see. So yeah. thank you for doing yeah. that. Yeah, and we'll we'll continue a little bit further and finalize this next time because it's it's an important question. If we can come to a, a conclusion about this, mm -hmm. first of all, it and we've actually went into a big discussion about the Nashville, uh, you know, tragedy. Is we tried to set it up. Well, the world's difficult, mm -hmm. but the nature of God's the same, and right. and right. and it's still based on a choice and a choice of just let's go with Him. And abide with him and he will deliver the covenant to us do we have a heart to go and, and we'll talk more about that next time excellent well thank you so much and thank you for joining us everyone hope you found today interesting and challenging and encouraging and that you saw the beauty and the grace and the love exhibited mm. by god throughout the whole council of scripture yes. such a beautiful gift yep um so thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time yep. we'll see you then Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.